My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Nikki Green. She's a life and resiliency expert, and she's also the host of the Stand Up and Stand Out podcast. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I am too. It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your challenges, your podcasts, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah, so I've spent the last 20 years working in Silicon Valley. I was a corporate executive. And like many people, I was like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something fun. And so I left to pursue my passion. And so now I work with young professionals as they're trying to find their path and trying to figure out what's best for them um, in their career and in their personal life. Really cool. What, what about that field attracted you? Well, you know, it was kind of one of the times I struggled in life where it's like, I did all the things, you know, went to school, got the top grades, you know, did a study abroad program. And then I got to work and I was like, oh, oh, this is work. (laughs) And it just really, it never sat right. And so, you know, it was one of those times where I really wished I could have had a mentor who better understood me and like what I was trying to get into and could give me connections to other people. So that's exactly what I do to help young people now try to find something that's a better fit for them um, to make their money and uh, pursue their passion. Really cool. Really cool. I could have used somebody like that too at one point. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about... Because every, I, th- I think every entrepreneur has that moment where they were like, you know what, like, I'm going to make this a business. This is what I'm going to do now. This is what I'm going to pursue. Tell me about that moment for you. Yeah. So this is actually my second business I created. Um, I had another business about a decade ago called Purple Turtle Events. Um, I was really into triathlons at the time. I was living in Miami. And so that was kind of where I cut my entrepreneur's teeth, sort of like teething into Mm -hmm. figuring out how to run a business, how to get it set up. Um, My background is in finance. So doing a lot of the finance and accounting and making sure the books balance and we're making money, that part was easy. It was some of the other stuff of, well, how do I sell? How do I market? Starting to put on some of those other hats. Um, And I learned very quickly that I needed to expand my community. And so that's been a great thing as I've gone into this new business of Green Chameleon Collective is really understanding one, I need multiple revenue streams. I need to be kind of doing different things all the time. Um, And then I have to have different levels of programs, you know, free things like the podcast where I can edutain people and then paid programs, not just for individuals, but also for associations and corporations. So having all these layers allows me to one, mix up what I do, but also make sure that the business is sustainable long-term, no matter what's going on in the economy, politics, pandemics, and everything else in between. (laughs) Absolutely. Really cool. Really cool. I love it. I love it. What (laughs) keeps you motivated? 
Oh, I, I love what I do. Um, so we, before we got on, we were talking about traveling. I love traveling and it was something I always did as a part of my corporate job. And I said, no, this is something I want to make sure as we get out of the pandemic and we're allowed to travel again that I do. So I just got back from Orlando. I was over at PodFest hanging out with a bunch of other cool podcasters. Um, and for me, that just keeps me motivated. Um, when I envisioned this business of doing motivational speaking, it wasn't really from behind the camera. It was from on the stage, being able to really hear people's stories and interact with them. So for me, um, any chance where I get to interact with people more one-on-one -on -one and even just having fun in a group setting, um, that motivates me every day to get up and keep tackling what I'm doing. <laughs> really cool. Love it. I can tell you're such an extrovert. It just, it lights you up. It's so cool. Love it. You're definitely in the right field. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I always say I'm like the most extroverty of extroverts. <laughs> when I walked into the hotel in, in Orlando, literally across the room, you heard Nick Green! like someone was shouting across the whole atrium. <laughs> and, and it was somebody who is a super introverted person, to be honest. Um, but she was on my podcast in the first season and I hadn't actually met her in, in person for two years, three years. <laughs> and so, oh my gosh. Um, so I bring out the extrovert and others too. <laughs> That's been such a, that must have been such a cool feeling just hearing your name like oh Nikki Green, <laughs> love it, yeah. love it. That would keep me motivated too. <laughs> All right, let's cover the business. What is your focus going to be for twenty twenty three? Yeah, definitely getting on the road. Um, I did a lot of domestic travel last year and, and that was great. And I went to some places I've been before, made some friends in some new places. Um, but now with the new book, Chameleon Mindset, coming out this year, uh, international is on the table. And so I'm super excited to be um, uh, looking at some events in Canada, uh, Mexico, and uh, likely Australia. And uh, so going back to lots of places again that I've been, but making new friends along the way with the new business. Absolutely. Really cool. Have you already spotted a few events that you want to go to? Yeah. So I'm trying to do a cool mix of, you know, conferences and, you know, the big stuff to pay the bills. But I also, um, as an author, I think it's really important for us to continue to support local bookstores. So I'm also looking to do a lot of smaller events um, to really, one, make sure we're getting back into the community to just help everyday individuals and, you know, help them, you know, drive more business to the store, um, but also just meet more people. Um, when you go to the big events, you know, there was a couple thousand people at PodFest. I didn't meet everybody. But if I go to a small right. event, I can also get more time to really chat with people one-on-one. -on -one, so absolutely hundred percent. It must be such a cool feeling going in, going internationally and then interacting with people from all over the world and having friends all over the world. Love it. Love it. <laughs> all right. Let's, um, let's imagine it's December, 2023. What is your vision for the business? Where would you like to be within the next 12 months? Yeah, for me, um, this is really setting the stage to enjoy the business more. It's tough when we start businesses. There's a lot of work to do to set the groundwork, to build your foundation. And especially even myself, I did a huge transformation. You know, we had this hat of I'm the corporate me and these are the things I do, but I went in every day and someone told me what I needed to be doing. I didn't like mm -hmm. that part necessarily, but it paid the bills. And so yeah. now <laughs> coming up every day with what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Setting the direction. Um, it takes a lot of discipline to keep that, that rolling. And so I feel mm -hmm. like this year is really the year to set it and forget it almost, but to really allow these things that I've built over the last three years, start to really flourish, just reach more people and then be able to enjoy a little bit more balance as I go into, uh, next year and 2024. <laughs> Absolutely. What's your plan, I guess, to enjoy 
enjoy the business more and, you know, set it and forget it. Like you said. Yeah. So it's making sure that there's layers and it's very clear. Um, like I said, one of the things I struggled with because my background was finance, it wasn't really marketing. I knew pricing strategy. I worked a lot of times with sales teams, teaching them how to deliver and I get tons of leads. So that part's really easy and I can close sales because of the extrovertiness of me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's reaching the people I don't know, it, it's getting that marketing out there. And so doing more things like the podcast, social media, other types of, you know, funnels and things really starting to hone those and do beta testing to make sure that they're working and continue to refine them. I think once we get some of those formulas working and expanding the audience, um, those pieces will start to click into place. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> what with, okay. What is your biggest challenge today? Ooh, enough time in a day. <laughs> <laughs> we all yeah. wish we could have more time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I always have so many great ideas and I think a lot of really strong entrepreneurs do as well. And it's how do I kind of keep some of those ideas at bay and making sure I'm focusing, you know, on one or two things at a time. Okay, in my case, usually three or four things, but <laughs> but finding the right sequence of when to get those things out to make sure I'm not burning myself out in the process. So many solo entrepreneurs, you know, we do this, we go all in and it's like, okay, shiny object, shiny object, shiny object you just simply can't do that. You really have to take care to launch each thing properly. Then once it's out there, nurtured and growing, then you can move on to the next thing. So for me, it's just having enough time and energy in the day and not losing that energy for finding those new things yeah. and allowing them to kind of quietly sit in the background, keep pondering them and getting them out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I think so many entrepreneurs struggle with shiny object syndrome, but what is your number one tip for dealing with it? Uh, write it down. So um, I have a notebook just of business and book ideas. Um, so I have a digital notebook. I actually have a freebie if people like it. I used to work at Microsoft. And so one of the things they did is they were trying to get us fully onto digital, stop using paper notebooks. And so I started adopting OneNote. There's lots of other solutions out there. But the thing I like about it is I have lots of different notebooks within that. And so I can have like an article idea or maybe ideas for a future book. I can put those in one section. I can meet people for podcasting in another, coaching in a different one, motivational speaking in another. Then it's searchable. So the hard thing with paper notebooks is you're like, oh man, what page was that on? And then you start one idea yeah. and it's about 15 pages later before you get to the rest of it. <laughs> Digital notebook's great because you can just search and you'd be like, oh man, somebody's mm -hmm. podcast was called podcast something and then it'll pop up. <laughs> that is a really smart idea. I like that. Yeah, I, I do the exact same thing. You should see my notes app. Ridiculous. I have... I just, I just think it's funny looking back on it like two years later and like, oh, wow, two years ago, I, I thought that was a good idea. I thought that was going to take off. I, I thought that was going to be the one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just great to see your progress and how your mindset shifts and what you think is interesting and what you think is profitable shifts as time goes on. I think that's, that's also a really cool part of just the entrepreneurial journey as a whole. At least for me personally, I don't know how it is for you, but... Absolutely. Well, and it it keeps you a little bit from the shiny object because again, you can just write it down, right? Copy a link to the YouTube video you saw or whichever person was talking about it on Instagram, whatever the things are, you just put a bunch of links. And then if you think about it again, you can easily go back and refer and then remember mm -hmm. why you didn't do it then or why it really wasn't quite yeah. viable. Maybe it's viable now, right? Who knows? Things change so rapidly, but it's an easy way of like, 
I can still think about it, but just not actively work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's just the idea that comes up. You have to write it down. And once you write it down, you forget about it and you realize it really wasn't that cool of an idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. All right. Next question. Where do you predict that you might get stuck or slowed down within the next 12 months on your path? Uh, yeah, I, and this always happens with everything, right? It very rarely is growth linear, whether that's personal growth or whether that's growth of a business. Um, there's always kind of these leaps and bounds that things go through. And some of that could be economic, right? There's a lot of things going on here in the U S and globally that could affect what's happening to us. If I'm marketing to young professionals and 11,000 people get laid off at one of these big companies, those are people that don't have money to pay, right? To, um, you right. know, potentially for the services who still may may need it. So it's just being able to adapt to those challenges and to be able to weather each little bump in the road to make sure we keep catching the uptick um, to be able to continue growing and developing my business and myself. How do you plan on combating that with, you know, a lot of, because I've that's something that I've noticed too, is a lot of young professionals are getting laid off. How do you plan on, I guess, aiding that? Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't want to stop helping them. And so I've never put the majority of my business income on those young people. I couldn't afford it. I, a lot of times I was even still working two jobs in my corporate job. I still coach volleyball in the evenings just to make ends meet to afford living in Silicon Valley. So I get it. Um, you know, and there's a lot of ways that I, I have other revenue streams that overall, you know, fund my business to make sure that those are really the higher ticket items in affordable areas. I still do plenty of pricing consulting with lots of big tech firms. So those things will continue to happen, especially even with, you know, changes in, in the economy. And that way it'll allow me to continue serving young people, regardless of what might be happening with their career situation. So. Mm -hmm. So just having multiple, multiple streams set up, multiple different diversified um, consulting. I guess we'll just put it that way. Exactly. Yeah. And making sure it, it is a bit recession proof, right? Make sure you have other right. lines of business that may actually pick up during those times when other things might start to fall off. So really smart. Good hack. <laughs> Slightly similar question along the same lines, though. If you were to double or triple your revenue, what are some challenges you think you might face or changes you would need to make both within yourself and within the business? Yeah, taxes. Taxes are always the first thing. <laughs> <to show up. laughs> Um, but yeah, right now, most of my staff is part-time. Um, and so I know that, you know, they some of them have their own businesses, so they're juggling multiple clients, which is fine. You know, sometimes I know they would probably love being more committed, you know, and helping with our, our journey here. So I would love to be able to employ more people. Um, you know, we've talked about even having sort of these internship programs that I actually run through my business and be able to not just have them work for me, but also potentially support other entrepreneurs who can only maybe afford, you know, five to 10 hours a week of somebody's um, support. So for me, that's kind of the big piece I'm looking at to see, okay, more money immediately is probably going to mean more expense, but expense in a way that's investment in the business and myself, making sure I'm developing, making sure my people that work with me are developing and getting what they need out of it ultimately. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's always, that's the number one thing that comes along with doubling and tripling your revenues, bigger team, bigger team, more people, more money, more yeah. taxes, new tax brackets. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty common theme. <laughs> All right. What did you struggle with the most last year? 
and how do you plan on overcoming it for this year if you haven't already overcome it? Yeah, last year, last year was staying healthy, a lot of it. Um, you know, it was fine. I didn't find a good balance. And it's something I talk about a lot, not always balance, but just harmony. Um, I, I missed doing races, like always doing endurance events and, you know, being active and sporty was important to me. Living, you know, here in Chicago, it's a little bit more difficult because it's not like California where I can go out, you know, most of the year. Um, it, it's a little bit more difficult with the weather and working yeah. at home, you know, not leaving the house, not going, you know, walking around town and walking through buildings. Um, you just lose a lot of that activity. Um, and then just not having gone outside, right? We haven't interacted. We all came out like little babies and we're like getting sick over every little thing. So last year was a, a yeah. very tough in that, like to stay consistently healthy, to continue like taking care of myself. So that's been another side of, you know, my goals for 2023 is to continue mm -hmm. keeping that balance between the two to make sure I'm staying healthy, eating better, you know, taking all my vitamins, all those good things. So <laughs> So take your vitamins. That's important. That's <laughs> that's the goal for this year. Exactly. Not scaling, not, not hiring, not anything like that. No, vitamins. Yeah, I have enough energy for like five people. So as long as I stay healthy, we're good. <laughs> you know what? It it all starts with you. As long as you're healthy, the business is healthy. So exactly. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> all right, let's cover your podcast. What's what, what kinds of topics do you talk about on there? Is it solo interview or is it solo podcast or do you do interviews? Let's, let's cover that a little bit. Yeah. So my podcast is called stand up and stand out. Um, it's really standing up for the things that you believe in and standing out from the crowd and believing in your uniqueness. And it's been a really fun ride having this podcast. I do a mix of some individual shows. If there's, you know, kind of important topics on my mind, healthcare was a big one last year. So I talked about that mental health and healthcare itself. Um, but a lot of interview shows, I like to showcase what careers are really like for people. And so get rid of that old stigma of like, oh, I go to school for four years and magically that's what I do for the rest of my life. That's not how most people work. Um, you know, I know people with biology degrees that ended up working in venture capital firms and then, you know, went over <laughs> to be CFOs. So really showcasing what real careers are like is really important so that people can understand it's not linear, but these are how things build together. This is how you start with one idea of interest. And then as you learn more, you figure out how to pivot, you figure out which path to take, and then you just build on that knowledge that none of it's wasted. There's always a time where you may use it again and adapt something to a new way that maybe somebody didn't think of because they had a different background. So that's, uh, that's the podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> It's, it, I like how it sounds. I like the idea. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's showing people that it's not linear, but it's also showing people that, you know, they're not alone. And it's, I mean, personally, I didn't go to school, but I've had friends that are like, oh my God, like I went to school for this and like, I, I can't get a job in this field. Like I have to go and do something else. And it's like, but I went to school for this. So what was the point? So it's, yeah. I think it's, it's a great way of showing people that they're not alone. It's, you know, like there are a lot of other people who are going through this journey that, you know, went into school for one thing and came out doing something completely different and that it's, it's totally okay. It's all part of the journey. It's all part of the process. 
It's totally okay. And education itself is going to greatly transform over the next few years. This is why oh, yeah. so many of us coaches are coming out, you know, to try to share more knowledge. Knowledge needs to be more accessible. Uh, the online course that I'm building, the videos are five minutes. I'm not making you go to a semester long of school. We're talking about right. like, just here's some very nuggets of information to get you to do the work, to get to the next level. This is the way we need to do things. And so just getting people in that mindset that you should be continuously learning and trying to just find new things that keep you interested. And you never know what's going to be as a business. So. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. I like that you mentioned the coaches thing and that there's more coaches coming out now because, you know, school is a less popular thing and it's who knows what it's going to look like in the next five to 10 years. What do you, mm -hmm. as a coach, what do you think is the number one problem that coaches are facing right now? Um, most of them just have a big heart and they just want to like give, give, give and not get paid, paid, paid. <laughs> so, um, it, it's a very frustrating thing. I think so many people had these corporate jobs, you know, where they were managers, but as managers, most of us weren't rewarded for actually helping our employees for developing them. Right. We were put on very hard metrics of, you know, financial sales targets, whatever all the things were. And you, you weren't really rewarded. If you spent time on that, it was almost like a detriment to your career. And so I think too many people got frustrated. And so they want to come out and do something else, but they're giving too much. And at the end of the day, this is still a business. Now, like I said, my first business was doing triathlons, uh, race directing and coaching. I've been coaching for a very long time sports and that business model still works no matter what we're coaching, even coaching, you know, business related topics, uh, you know, career coaching, life coaching, all these things, those, those, you know, ways still work. There should still be like an hourly rate, a plan, uh, ultimate goal. What are you trying to get to? If people just coach people forever with no end. I only coach people for three months. I do a cohort and you're done. If you haven't met your goal, hmm. come back when you're ready. <laughs> so, huh. That is, a, that's a really good perspective. What do you have to say to the coaches that do have really big hearts and just want to keep giving and giving and giving and giving and not getting, like you said, paid, paid, paid? Yeah. Nonprofits are great. <laughs> I've been on many boards. <laughs> I volunteer a lot. You know, there are tons of ways to give back to others. Um, you know, even governmental agencies, libraries, um, you know, no, small business administration. If you just want to give, there are ways to give, um, but you still are going to need a job. Then, <laughs> so right. this this isn't your job. This is is just something that makes you fulfilled, which is fantastic too. I do that stuff, and and I love doing it. Um, but we have to differentiate, like what we're trying to actually get out of things. Are you trying to get personal fulfillment purely by doing? doing that, that give back, or are you also trying to get paid? So you have to reconcile what is going to happen. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to choose. You don't have to choose completely. I mean, there, I'm sure that there, there is a healthy balance in there, but you got to right. make that distinction. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get back on the podcast topic. I just, I had to ask about what you thought about coaches. Cause that's <laughs> it's so many of them everywhere. I look on Instagram, on TikTok. there's a coach. There's another coach. There's another coach. There's another coach. Yep. <laughs> It's like Oprah, you get a coach and you get a coach. <laughs> <laughs> you, the coach also has a coach and that coach also has their own coach. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. What is your, what, or what have been your biggest pain points around growing your podcast? Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, there's so many good podcasts out there. Um, when I first did my podcast, I didn't really know. Um, it was again, like sort of pandemic and everyone's like, well, you're just going to do speaking from behind a screen. And I said, well, 
rather than wait for events to come to me, I'll just have a podcast so I can start sharing my expertise and then I can interview cool people. And, but I did everything. I did post-production, I did editing and, you know, got it onto all the platforms. And I realized I don't, I don't want to do all these things. <laughs> so it was really starting to refine some of that stuff. And then also that it's not enough for me to be a host. It's also continuing for me to be a guest on other shows so that one, not only am I talking about myself, but I'm talking about the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Right. So it's continuing to grow the show, you know, organically. I haven't done any paid stuff yet. So those are kind of the questions as we, you know, have some of these new products going out. And that's been the biggest change as we go into season four. We're adding our own commercials into the season to start advertising other products and services that I sell. And then potentially those commercials will go on other people's podcasts as well. So starting to figure out some other kind of collaboration ways of not breaking the bank, you know, kind of through pure ads and stuff, which you know, only works so well, depending on your demographic, it's really doing right. something more organic that's going to connect you um, on other people's podcasts, or, you know, they're already listening to mine. So um, let's make sure, mm -hmm. again, we're monetizing off of something that we're building. So on the flip side, what is your favorite thing about podcasting? You know, what I always say is for me, it's networking, right? This is for me to build my network and my community. Uh, sometimes people treat their guests as if like, okay, bye, one and done. See you later. And, and you never talk to them again. And as I was saying about going to PodFest is no, people know me. Like they really know me. I have like other little virtual happy hours and, you know, community things for us to connect. If I'm in their city, I know kind of generally where people are at. And I say, come hang out at the event I'm doing. So for me, mm -hmm. it's about building a network of people that are supporting me to grow, not just the podcast, but the business overall. So it's been fun. I've met a lot of super cool people. I always say uh, podcasting is a little bit like um, Comic-Con in the old days. Like you used to go to comic book conventions and people liked comics. Now you go and there's mm -hmm. like movies and I don't know, dolls and like yeah. cosplay, <laughs> which, which is super fun too. It's good people watching. But, you know, in the old oh. days, people really <laughs> cared about the craft of comics. Okay. Um and, and podcasting is like that too. People love their podcast. They love what they do, whether they're the host, whether they're post-production, whether, you know, they're getting people booked on stuff. Um, it's just a really fun, nice set of people that are willing to help each other. So for me, I just, I think podcasting people are cool too. So <laughs> they are really cool because you can't, it's, it's very hard to do a podcast and not like it. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to stick with it is what I'm saying. Like when you don't like it, it's just, it requires so much consistency and it requires a lot of mental effort, you know, coming up with the questions, doing research on the person, keeping in touch with them, keeping in touch with everybody else that you interviewed before too. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of mental effort. So you have to actually have a passion for it and like it in order to succeed in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the more people think of it that way, you know, think about it as community building, you know, not mm -hmm. just with the audience they're trying to reach, but with the people that are actually on the show. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. We have reached the end of our interview with went by so fast. <laughs> no. <laughs> before we, go, <laughs> before we go, if you had to give one piece of advice in one sentence to any, if there are any young professionals listening that feel lost, what, what would it be? just be yourself. I think so many of us have been told that we should be doing something should, 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 and that's the path we've taken. You have to really listen to yourself, spend that time alone to understand what's making you happy and follow that. The money, the success, the all those things, those will come. But if you're not genuinely happy day to day with what you're doing or the people that you're around, then that's not the right thing to be doing. So follow what's inside and make sure it matches with your values.
Listen to your heart. Listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. All right. Love it. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to find you? Yeah. The best way for people to reach me is on my personal site, the Nikki green 360.com. It's the one-stop shop to uh, find anything about me. You can see my website. You can check out all of my books, including the new ones that are upcoming chameleon mindset. Uh, you can join our chameleon crew for free. You can listen to the podcast for free. You can follow me on social media and watch me dance on TikTok. whatever makes you happy. You can find it there at the <laughs> green 360.com. Love it. Thank you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.